Alright book nerds, on today's episode of the Gene Book Nerd Podcast, we're going to be speaking with the director, writer, producer, and lead actress of the film, Diary. Instagram model Marie Clark is using her influencer status to pay for school, while moving on from an abusive past. It seems Marie's life is finally on the right track until her diary is stolen by an obsessive fan who begins sending her love letters informing Marie that they are going to kill anyone who is a danger to her. As friends start feeling like suspects and bodies begin piling up, Marie must confront the demons of her past in order to unmask the killer and reclaim her life. Let's see what the cast and crew of this film have to say. Alright book nerds, we are now speaking with the director, the writer and producer, and the actress of Diary, Jennifer Gelfer, John Mailer and Claudia Mailer. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having us on. Absolutely. So for our listeners who may or may or may not be familiar with this project, would you please each introduce yourselves and tell us what your role or your part of this film was? Um, I'll go first. I'm Jennifer Gelfer. I directed the feature and produced it. I'm John Buffalo Mailer. I wrote the screenplay and was a producer on it. And I'm Claudia Marie Mailer, and I play Marie Clark. Awesome. So uh, in your own words, and whoever wants to to go first uh, is welcome to, could you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, the overall plot of the film? Of course, you know, no spoilers, please. But, uh, you know, what, what would they gather from watching the trailer for this? John, why don't you take that first? Oh, sure. So Diary is about a uh, woman named Marie Clark, who is an influencer using her influencer status to pay for grad school. And she is overcoming a uh, traumatic past that is a bit mysterious to us when um, her one offline sanctuary for a world plugged for insanity, her diary is stolen from her by somebody she knows. And then she starts receiving love letters, informing her that now that they understand her innermost thoughts, they have to protect her. And suddenly everyone around her starts to feel like a suspect. Interesting, interesting. Sounds like a, sounds like a pretty good uh, thriller, but has you know, some very personal aspects uh, involved with it. Absolutely. And for me, it's sort of a parable about technology and privacy and how it can bite you in the ass or be of good use to you. Gotcha. And that's one of the reasons I really like asking different people kind of like their take on it because everyone has, you know, overall when you watch the film, you know, okay, there is a story, there's characters, but kind of like the takeaway is Sometimes it's this overall it's the same, but you know, individually we all see our own little aspects to it. So I always love hearing the individual aspects of, you know, what the film means, represents, and their, you know, the takeaways from individuals. What yeah, about you, Claudia? What what about you, Claudia? I think the same. I mean, obviously I grew up in a generation where social media started to take over your entire life. Like as it is, I find myself scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok for no reason. Like it just, it's just a habit. And for me, I think it's 
so important for people to realize that social media isn't real life. And so for this, for me, I've had many friends who I go out with and they post where we are in real time and tag the location and tag who they're with. And I'm like, you don't know who's following you. Like, do you know every single one who is followed? Like, you don't know. There could be someone who's got a screw loose and just wants to know more about you. So for me, it was definitely hammering that point home of social media isn't real life. You, you, you're in control of what you put online, but you have to be aware that everything you put up has a consequence. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, people think that Instagram is, you know, they're always seeing, you know, the, the as what is it, uh, the fear of missing out, you know, people always posting photos and vacation. It's like, yeah, but people only show you what they want you to see. You don't That's see, exactly. yeah, exactly. You don't see, you know, someone might be sipping, you know, drinks on a beach and you go, oh, I wish I was that. But it's like, you don't know that that person might be pressing, you know, going through depression or, you know, be behind on, you know, payments on bills and, you know, be, you know, living, you know, out of their car, they're just showing you their best side, not right. the, not everything else. And when you compare yourself to that, it can, it's just a downward spiral. And it's something that a lot of people my age and younger and unfortunately generations that are growing up in the midst of it will never know what life is out, like what life is like without social media. Absolutely. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not that old, but I do remember a time before Facebook and social media. And it, it's, it's really amazing how social media has changed our society and culture about, you know, what's, you know, what people are doing and how we really compare ourselves to other people online. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've totally crossed the line now where the two worlds are separate. Uh, and for a great many people, what's happening on the screen is more important than what's happening right in front of their face. And that's, kind of terrifying. It was I mean, really wild. We actually had, we were in a, like this was maybe last year and we're in an Uber and we were driving through Manhattan and it starts raining. It starts pouring and we're like, oh my gosh, it's raining. Like to our Uber driver, do you maybe want to put your wipers on? Cause he was just on, he was scrolling through his phone, like not paying attention. And he literally opens the weather app and he's like, no, it's, it's not raining. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> I'm like, sir can you please pay attention but it's like that's what we're living in it's a true story it's an absolute Unfortunately. true story the one where you got out of the the uber yes that's exactly that's what we got out. <laughs> yeah i would i mean i would get out if someone was driving was on their phone in the first place but the fact that it's literally raining outside and they have to check their phone to see if it's raining i'd be like that's that's a that's next level worrying Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, to Jennifer's point uh, before of what the, the movie is to her, I, I think that we still are at a time where we can define how social media will either run or be a tool for our lives. Like we haven't gone that far yet. We, we've crossed the line where the two were separate, uh, but and, and one didn't affect the other. They, I mean, completely now they are intermeshed in messy ways. But I think we still have that option to decide. Where, where is the line going to be drawn for us? Where do we live our lives and where do we live the life that we're projecting? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, technology and what's happening right now and just about the fact that it's one side of it is really, thank God for it because of what's going on. We have no way of communication except for a phone. And, you know, work couldn't be done 
if this happened without this kind of technology, we'd be lost. I mean, we're, we're half lost, but you know, it's, it just would be so much worse. But on the other side of it, the flip coin, it's, it totally takes away any privacy that you've had. And it, it leaves you open to anything. Anything can happen because of the nature of um, the transparency. Oh, absolutely. And so many people, as uh, I think, uh, Claudia, you mentioned, you know, people are posting photos and especially a lot of, you know, younger people don't understand, you know, like, hey, there's settings you have to go through, there's privacy issues. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, take a photo, let me post it. And people don't think about like, hey, you know, the date, the location, the timestamp, like there's so much more. It's, it's so much more than just a photo being posted. You're posting so much more information about yourself that most people don't even realize that they're doing. 100%. What like couldn't agree more. It's, it's scary. And you know, it's a simple click of a button, but you're letting X amount of people know where you are, who you're with, what you're wearing. They can point you out in a crowd in a second. It's, it's they also know when you're not home. Exactly. You're they exactly. You somewhere else. I mean, it, it's, there is probably the, you know, the rise in, in robberies, home robberies has probably escalated 10,000 fold. Yeah, and one of the, uh, the real kind of sinister dangers about it is usually people don't think about this until it's too late, until something has happened that they've been damaged the in some point. way. Yeah. And say, oh my God, what, what have I been doing? So, you know, not, not that this was our intent in, in making diary, but maybe it'll spark a conversation or a thought of, think before I post this BLT and where I am right now, you know, let me, let me check my privacy settings for a second. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that kind of leads into my next, uh, next question is that personally, I'm a huge fan of like thriller forms or thriller films, I should say, but I love psychological thrillers more than, you know, like, Oh, just regular, you know, slash and blood and gore. I love the psychology of thrillers. So what was the motivation for making this film more of like a psychological thriller versus maybe like a hack and slasher film? I hate hack and slasher films. <laughs> I don't watch them. I don't, I, I don't condone them. I think, that they're, I think that they're a menace to society. So I would never direct one. I also feel like when you see an image that's brutal and like whatever, your mind immediately is it's that. But when you when your mind gets to make up what you're seeing or like what you're not seeing and how scary it could be, it's like your journey is completely different to someone else's in that as opposed to just seeing a bloody, gory image. Absolutely. So how did you each become involved in this project? I mean, how did it start? How were you, you know, and how did each of you get I don't want to say dragged in, but <laughs> how to involve, that's the word I was looking for, involved in this project. Well, it sort of germinated from an idea, from a, a short story um, that we read, and uh, John sort of took that idea and ran with it. Um, and so we had, we had already done a movie like the previous year, um, and we thought, well, what do we want to do next? And we just wanted to do something that was fun and exciting. And, you know, and I wanted to showcase Claudia because Claudia is such a phenomenal, phenomenal actress and just is 
you know, I don't want to jinx her, but she's going to be a major <laughs> star. And, um, and I, you know, when John wrote this script, I just thought this is a perfect vehicle for her to jump off of. Uh, she had been in this other movie that I did. She had a small part and you couldn't take your eyes off of her. She, she barely said a word in the film and you just were like captivated. She was incandescent is the only word I ever use when I talk about her. So that sort of is what hooked me in. I wanted, I like to make people stars and Claudia is one of them. You're going to make me cry. Well, you know how I feel. I mean, that's, that's the truth. So it was like, that was the hook for me. Yeah, I mean, for me, I... Your um, answer better be as good. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, now I feel the pressure. Uh, yeah. one, of, one of the big hooks for me was, uh, you know, I've, I've had the, the privilege of getting to work with Jennifer on a few projects now and knowing her range. Uh, as a director, her last movie was a period love story. And I really wanted to uh, just show the, you know, the... the polar opposite range of this you know that had like five characters in it this has like 25 principal characters that are all throughout and the kind of hitchcockian you know psychological thriller genre uh, i mean jennifer is really an actor's director um she puts the actors first and so oftentimes i think uh these kinds of movies you know you there's a technical side to it that is essential to to nail and get right so very Fortunately, we had an incredible crew around us that, that were, were handling that and then inserting Jennifer's directing style of letting the actors find their blocking in rehearsal while the producers are sweating because the clock is ticking, uh, creates this immediacy to the performance that I, I really wanted to see that blend. That That's why I'll never be hired for television. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of curious, and this is more of a question for uh, Jennifer and John, when you're working on a project like this, how do you find the balance between, because obviously there's a script, there's a story, it's already written out. When you're actually creating it, how do you balance going about giving the audience enough information and leading them through the story to where they stay engaged and they want to keep watching, but not giving too much away so that, you know, within the first, you know, half the film or what, or, you know, anytime too early on, they're like, oh, I see what's going on. Okay, this is how it's going to end. This is what's really happening. How do you find that balance and like, you know, walk that line? I mean, I'm, you know, this is a great place to be doing an interview because I am a massive nerd. And I, I've read uh, the seven basic plots twice because it's that good. This like 900 page book breaking it down. But, you know, to me, there's something about screenwriting that is kind of more akin to, uh, to math than poetry. Uh, there, you know, there, there's a reason why we tell stories the way we tell them, why we've done it since we were in caves around campfires. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. And how you reveal uh, those elements you know, it's, it, it, don't get me wrong, there are exceptions. People break those rules, people don't know those rules, but even people who haven't uh, done the, 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 the nerd work of going through and really learning that kind of instinctually follow that three-act structure. So for me, that's kind of part of the fun. I love knowing what I have to get in in the first 30 pages, how much information you reveal, uh, introducing your characters and getting them stuck in a tree act two, you know, throwing rocks at them, and then act three, depending on whether it's a happy or a sad ending, you figure out a way to get them out of the tree or you don't. Uh, I, won't, I won't say which this is, so I don't want to be a spoiler. 
Yeah, but no spoilers it, here. <laughs> but essentially that is, you know, that, that is kind of at, at the core of storytelling. And I just love that while, you know, the way in which we tell stories speaks to the time we're living in, the fundamentals of storytelling have been the same from the start. You know, from the, from the earliest Gilgamesh that we have straight through to today, it is, it is still the same fundamentals. The, there's something so exciting about that to me. Well, for me as a director, it's, it's a lot different because it's all in the performance. And as John said, that's, that's where I come from. It's, I'm an actor's director. And so I can spot it if, when I'm watching something right away based on what the performer, the actor is doing. And so it's very important for me to have people play against the circumstances. And when you have something like this, it's the perfect place to practice that is play against what you're, what's on the page, go against it, play the opposite of it. So that's how I approach not letting people know what's coming next. Gotcha, gotcha. It sounds like it's, a, it's, it's fun yet challenging at the same time. And it sounds like it's just something that you have to, you know, for, as, a, as a director, you just have to, I'm assuming, just try and practice and just, just keep directing a lot of stuff to, to get that kind of eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been directing I, theater for a very long time. I started out in theater and then I started in film and TV about 15 years ago. So it's, I, and I teach, I used to teach. So. Okay. So Claudia, I have a question for you. And I know, you know, whenever I've uh, read about actors or actresses in their work, you know, and how they, what they do to get into the role and get into the character and method acting and, you know, the, you hear stories of people do, you know, being the character 24-7 on set and everything. Uh, I'm curious, f- when it came to, you know, for the acting, what was your process like for getting into this mindset and the role that you had to play of, you know, being psychological thriller, yet, you know, did you, did you know the entire story going in, or did they keep the story from you uh, throughout and only giving you, like, tidbits, or, you know, what was that like? It was very interesting. I mean, I don't know how much I can... I can... I don't know how much I can say without like giving something away, which is real. I did, I watched a, a lot of movies. I did a lot of research on, um, on, on how, like how. On her past. Yes. Thank you. That's, that's the, that's my way of explaining it. I did a lot of research on her past. I watched a lot of movies to see how it can unfold for certain individuals. Um, but other, I mean, other than that, like, you know, it, she starts off and she's living her best life. It's just what people see online. Everything seems to be okay. Everything's good. And honestly, I can completely relate to that. It's you, like I said earlier, you put up your highlights and that's what the start is for Marie Clark. So it wasn't so much like research into how, you know, how she behaves, it's more how she reacts to her situations. I don't know if that, ex- like, explain. it's so difficult because I really don't <laughs> take anything away for you. Um, did you, yeah. did you, uh, were you a fan of psychological thrillers before working on this project? Or did you kind of, like, maybe watch any other films or anything to, like, gain inspiration or? They definitely scared the living bejesus out of me because, you know, it's your, your mind goes to 
wherever it wants to go. Like I remember watching Paranormal Activity when I was <laughs> came out when I was like 14 years old, and I'm not even kidding. My dad had to sleep in my room like on a mat. <laughs> I was like, I cannot be, because your mind goes to like, you don't know what it is. Your mind pictures something that obviously that's, my mind went to a dark place. So um, I tried to avoid that as much as I could. Um, but no, I did, I did, I did do research. I did watch a few movies. I can't say which ones they are, otherwise it gives, it gives it away. Right? Am I like, uh, absolutely. You're I mean, right. You're right. Part, yeah. part, part of the reveal is what what is the trauma in her past that she is uh, overcoming, and I think, you know, the, one of the fundamental questions becomes: uh, Is it possible to leave your past behind and to leave those demons? Absolutely. So this question is more for Jennifer, but if either of you want to chime in, uh, you're more than welcome to. I'm curious in the process because obviously making a film, you know, either in a short film, but especially a feature film. You know, I'm sure there's not everything always goes according to plan. Mm -hmm. There's always some kind of issue that pops up that you didn't expect. So uh, I'm actually a filmmaker myself. So I always love hearing the perspective of other people in the process. What was your, you know, what were some more memorable, like, you know, difficulties that you ran into? And, you know, what was your process for overcoming it? Well, I look at them as happy accidents. You know, um, when something happens, it happens, it, it makes you use your imagination to try to figure your way out of it. So it's like a puzzle. So you're mm -hmm. trying to figure out. So like I have like, there's a shot, there's a scene in the movie that I love, which I did as a wonder. Now the poor man who was in the scene, he's a fantastic actor. He does a great job, but I gave him literally one take pretty much because my time was running out. I had no time left. And I just thought, I got it. I got it all in that one or I don't need to do anything more. And he, at the end, he got up and he looked at me and he went, are you serious? He'd been there all day. It's a great scene and it, and it comes out great in the movie. But it was a happy accident. I mean, I would have done a lot of coverage on that because he's, he was really good. His partner who's, you know, opposite him and is really good. And I just thought, I'm just going to, so that's how I look at all, all those things that happen. They're happy accidents. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as you know, from, from making movies, time is so not on your side. <laughs> Understatement of the year. That day begins and you're like, oh, we've only got six pages to shoot. It's going to be great. You know, meanwhile, on, on a huge studio movie, you're shooting half a page a day, if that, right? But when you're making an indie movie, you're shooting six, you're shooting eight. Um, and then as your shooting schedule goes on and you realize, okay, we're not, we got to pick up this that we didn't get yesterday. So as the screenwriter, you know, you're, you're constantly having the, uh, the first AD come up and say, so what can you do? Because we can't shoot both these scenes. Which one do you want? You're like, what, what do you mean, man? <laughs> That's integral to the story. Um, but, uh, but as Jennifer says, it's kind of these happy accidents. I, I remember the last night we were shooting. It's like, we were just like muscling to get there in this incredible house that was beautiful, amazing location, shooting some really intense stuff in it. And the first AD came up and said, okay, uh, we have time to shoot half of this scene. What can you do? And I said, well, how long do I have? He said, you've got about three minutes to rewrite this. And I thought, my God, how am I going to do that? And then it, it almost like magically just jumped off of the page and ended up making the scene much better than I had originally written it. So it is those, you know, I think, I think, the only choice you have with, with indie movies is to embrace the limitations that actually set you free. 
I think that's those are both fantastic uh, answers. And I also will say uh, just a little nod to Jennifer. Uh, I absolutely love one takes because mm-hmm. sometimes they're they can be so technically demanding, but sometimes they can be done like so simple. But yeah. doing a one take, it just it really and not ha- you know not having tons of cuts to get this you know the the story and every the message across. I just I absolutely love one takes. Yeah, yeah. So do I. It's fun. <laughs> when it works in the movie it's even better <laughs> oh absolutely 100 percent. so this is this next question is for all three of you it's a little bit more of a fun question uh what was your most memorable uh you know moment or memory from working on this project what sticks out to you the most not all at once of course <laughs> um, yeah what sticks there's so many uh, it might have been the rap. It might have been the at the, the final. Yeah, it was such an amazing group. Of, when I look back, somebody filmed it. Um, I've never seen so much love and um, excitement for each other on a set. It was everybody was excited and and felt they had you know really gone on a journey and had a great time. It was like being away at summer camp, and you know, but we made a movie and everybody just was so. I mean, I. I've never seen faces that lit up and people just, just whooping it up just at the end, you know, with no alcohol, just like so excited. <laughs> that right. it was, like, also at like 2 a.m. as well, like we yeah. wrapped late and like everyone was just so happy. But nobody wanted to leave. I mean, yeah, hung around. It was really, yeah. that was definitely my, I'm so glad we got that, like someone filmed it because yeah. it's a memory that I'll never forget. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, there was, um, I, I don't know if I, if I feel like it's like summer camp, I think it's more like kind of going to, you know, t- taking an army to a war where instead of conquering the country, you're creating a piece of art, but it's just, it's, it's, it's not obviously just as grueling, but, it, but it's grueling. And at the end of every shoot I've ever been on that last day, people haven't slept everyone's exhausted people are being asked to go above and beyond and usually you know the the, the money is not uh, enough where you can say come on you're getting really well paid do it it's 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 what i love most about indie movies is people do it because they love it they do it because they have to do it and then i i would agree that moment at the end when you look around you think you know what we finished the marathon we got everything in the can that we needed to get in the can uh this this leg of it is done and that that sense of warmth there's there's just very few feelings like it yeah absolutely no i can definitely confirm uh i i know exactly that feeling that you're that you're talking about so well i have another question that uh hopefully our listeners will be more at least some of our listeners will be interested in uh i myself am a huge nerd no uh no hiding that and I, you know, I love filmmaking as I'm in that as well. I'm curious, what was this, uh, what cameras and lenses and, you know, lighting setups, you know, what, what gear was used to shoot this? Oh, my God. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we need to get our producer, Matt Berkowitz, on here to geek out about it. Um, Alexa? We used to, yeah, we were using <laughs> Alexas, which, yeah. were, which, is, which is an absolute delight to work with. Uh, I think they are... I, I personally prefer them to reds. I think that Alexas are 
Uh, Look at you. <laughs> yeah, I could even had said that. <laughs> what I do is I hire an amazing DP and I let them take care of all that. So gotcha. if you ask me about lenses and things like that, I'm not your guy. I'm just, I'm just not that person. It's, and I'm not going to lie and say, oh, yeah, I know about all the technical aspects. I just say, hey, this is what it looks like. How can you get it done to look like this? So. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's just the, the DP in me. Uh, you know, I, I love, you know, obviously as a filmmaker, I know it's not the tools that make, you know, make the film. It's, you know, your knowledge and the story and there's so many aspects, but I just love, you know, just like many other uh, filmmakers uh, and DPs, I just love geeking out over cameras and lenses and talking, you know, I could talk for, for a ton of time, but I also do agree with you, John. Uh, I, I think Alexa's uh, are, I personally would take Alexa over red you know, 90, probably about 95% of the time. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, uh, you know, personally speaking, you know, do what, uh, what projects do you, are you, any of you working on right now? Can you talk about, you know, any upcoming projects that you're excited about or, you know, any other psychological thrillers or do you guys kind of feel like you want to maybe try, going into, you know, a mystery or, you know, a different, a different avenue next? Uh, well, actually, we have another, John was just talking about Matthew Berkowitz. He directed our next movie that uh, we produced and um, is part of our production company called Inside Me. So that, that's, would you call that, a, it's a psychological thriller, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's another psychological thriller. And you're going to love this. Uh, Matt Berkowitz actually plays with the aspect ratio of the, of the movie as part of the storytelling. Okay. And when he brought up this idea to us, we were like, what are you on about, man? Are you kidding me? And now I can't imagine the movie without it. Right. Um, it's also got an, an extraordinary lead performance by Marin Dungy and just uh, uh, is, is really exciting. And, and at this crazy time we're living in where doing production is next to impossible. I mean, unless you're doing something very limited and, and, and artistic, uh, it is uh, so nice to now have this movie that is also in post that we can finish and do and, and you know, continue kind of putting out entertainment that can give people an escape from the, the underwater fear while navigating, remind people what it feels like to be fun, to, to be scared in the fun way again. You know, uh, that's that's just such a blessing. And we, we also have a, a couple of TV series that we're developing. Uh, one is called Mailer, which is uh, the, the life of my father, Norman Mailer, and kind of the, the second half of the 20th century seen through the lens of his life, how we went from World War II to where we are today. And gotcha. the other, uh, called Who Wrote the Bible, which we're doing as an animated series, which is exactly what it what its title suggests. So that's- We also have a book, that, a book that we're publishing and making an animated film on um, about bullying. Uh -huh. So that's all in the works that'll be coming out at the end of the summer. All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, I, you know, I can't wait to see the full uh, feature when it comes out and, you know, uh, congratulations on, on, you know, a successful film and, uh, I can't wait. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you.
If you're a fan of psychological thrillers, then this is one film you should be sure to check out. I'd like to thank our guests for taking the time to talk with us today, and we'll be back on the next episode of the podcast. Jennifer, John, and Claudia, any last words for our listeners before we go? Hi, I'm Jennifer. I directed Diary. I'm Claudia Marie Mailer, and I play Marie Clark. I'm John Buffalo Mailer. I wrote and produced Diary, and you're listening to Gene Book. Bu-